Cossack song that I found on the internet. The group performing it was unnamed, and the song was simply called Kozatska Pisnya Staro Ukrainskoyu. Dobri vecher, Ivitayu Vas Vsih Dorhi Radio Suhechina, Radio Proramu Nasholos, Radio Krinskoho Kurinia, Nabahatumovni Radio Stansi AM Trinatia Tvatia CHMB Umisti Vancouveri. Primikrofoni Pavlina. Hello there, and welcome once more to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver, I'm your host, Pavlina, and on today's program, a couple of items from the Nasholos Audio Archives that are pretty much evergreen, something that is very appropriate today, a piece on propaganda that was done back in uh, 2016 and absolutely still applies today, worth listening to again and as well something that's become kind of a tradition here on Nasholos. Uh, in the dog days of summer, we've got these wonderful Ukrainian folk tales narrated by Linda Mikolayenko, a storyteller from Saskatchewan. And today we'll be revisiting the story of the stolen postola. So stay tuned for all that, as well our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And up next is a wild and crazy group called Breteha Dukene, and this is a song that is pretty much a biting indictment of life under communism during the old Soviet Union, ruled by Moscow, and speaks to the situation today why Ukrainians do not want to return to life under the rule of Moscow. Preteha Dukina with Zababa SSSR. Hey, Zabava, rock and roll, Dorada. Hey, Gulai, Veselin, Sto 
Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for the past 60 years. Since 1963, the Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing artists and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nasholos listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit www.shochenkofoundation.ca. ago that was Shum with a song from the second album that they released back in the day 
It's Fun to Be Ukrainian, the title track, and just a simple fact of life. Coming up next, we'll slow it down a little bit and head east and a bit south to New York City, where the Hrim Band is from. Here they are with a song called Chlopci Revolovci, Fisher Boys, another Cossack love song. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage on Nasholus Ukrainian Roots Radio, discovering unknown and untold stories from the past and present of Ukraine's rich Jewish heritage. Welcome to Ukrainian Jewish Heritage on Nasholus Ukrainian Roots Radio. I'm Andrei Holovaty in Toronto. Propaganda a loaded term that today has become so cliched that its original definition is lost in a sea of moral equivalence. Once propaganda was merely a word describing the dissemination of ideas, information, or rumor for the purpose of helping or injuring an institution, a cause, or a person. 
Today, unfortunately, the distinction between helping and harming has become all but irrelevant. So what's the difference between selling shampoo and what Putin is doing? A PhD candidate at Cambridge University, one of the world's top universities, asked this question during a guest lecture by Peter Pomerantsev, a British TV producer and expert on Russian propaganda. The question rendered him virtually speechless. Pomerantsev shared this story at the Conference on Propaganda and Genocide organized by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter. He was one of several world experts whose presentations revealed how propaganda techniques used to commit mass murder and genocide are universal and change only superficially due to technology, time, and societal circumstance. The scholars examined the imagery and messaging used by the Soviets and the Nazis. They also drew clear parallels to what is happening today. Professor Lyudmila Hrinevich is one of the first Ukrainian scholars to study the Holodomor, the Soviet-engineered famine of 1932 and 1933, in which millions of Ukrainian peasants were deliberately starved to death. She illustrated how the Soviet regime was preparing the psychological foundation for the Holodomor long before it happened. When a mass propaganda campaign is created, the purpose is to legitimize a crime, she said. The first step is to define and identify the enemy. The next is the application of labels and categorization to cause division, the idea of us versus them. The goal is to demonize and dehumanize these people via images and imagery of dangerous predators or vermin that need to be exterminated. Once maltreating and murdering fellow citizens becomes justifiable and acceptable to enough people, the regime can easily enlist their help to carry out the final stages of extermination. Dr. Andrea Graziosi is an Italian scholar who stumbled upon diplomatic records of the Holodomor and has since become a world-renowned expert on the Holodomor and genocide. He made the surprising observation that aggressive propaganda techniques were not actually intended for mass audiences. As Dr. Hrinevich pointed out in her presentation, most people could see through it immediately. Rather, Graziosi said, it was aimed at zealous activists prepared to believe anything that would justify committing crimes against humanity in order to further their political goals. The Nazis employed a similar process as the Soviets to demonize and dehumanize Jews using the new and sophisticated tools of mass media. Depicting Jews as animals or insects, even poisonous mushrooms, made it easier mentally to consider exterminating human beings. This strategy, however, while effective in Germany and elsewhere in Western Europe, proved problematic in Eastern Europe. The Nazis did not have enough manpower in Eastern Europe, so they needed to recruit locals. According to Russian Jewish scholar Kirill Feffelman, since the Nazis knew nothing about the people or the history of the area, their Western strategy depicting Jews as evil capitalists and bankers didn't work. Eventually, they switched to portraying Jews as communists, which did. Leading Holocaust scholar Wendy Lower described how Goebbels' propaganda converted people in Ukraine through various dissemination channels that infiltrated all aspects of life. Today, not much has changed in the dissemination of harmful propaganda other than new technology to ramp up the messaging. While Ukrainians battle the Russian invasion of their sovereign territory, Kremlin propaganda depicts Ukrainians as rats, weeds, aggressors. And recently, it recycled an old canard from the 1980s, calling the Holodomor a hoax. Jews are not spared from modern-day Russian propaganda, which both maligns and victimizes them. Jews are depicted both as victims of Ukrainian anti-Semitism and as aggressors collaborating with Ukrainians, fighting for independence from Russia. Even more troubling, quite recently the Jewish community in Canada was shocked by a newsletter published in Toronto containing vicious, Nazi-like, anti-Semitic messages. Peter Pomerantsev, who authored a book on modern Russian propaganda entitled Nothing is True and Everything is Possible, calls for a more sophisticated understanding of propaganda to help us recognize and appreciate the vast difference in scope between propaganda intended to sell products and propaganda intended to mass-murder human beings. This has been Ukrainian Jewish Heritage on Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. 
I'm Andri Holovate in Toronto. Until next time, Shalom. Join us again soon for another episode of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Edmonton, that was Millennia with Kurochka, sort of a Ukrainian version of Old MacDonald Had a Farm. Up next, from Winnipeg, Sluhai, with a Ukrainian remake of a Beatles classic, Hochish Znate Tajemnitsu.
Radio Prashamu Naš Holos Radio Krinskoho Korinja. Primikrifoni Pavlina. You're listening to Naš Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I'm Pavlina. Babu suridnenka, ty vse dobre znaješ, jake mene ora, ty pevno pada. Шочи за плющу, ох не меж ти мене, ти сразу візьметься козак біля мене, ти сразу візьметься козак біля мене. Ще півночі, то може козак той не лістиме в очі, ні серденько по доню цього не злічи. was the late Kvitka Sisek with a beautiful tribute to Baba, our Ukrainian grandmothers. (laughs) 
Welcome to Beyond the Blue Mirror, a series of programs that celebrates the rich Ukrainian oral tradition. Each program features a folktale or legend, as well as a related real-life story, enhanced with traditional and contemporary music. My name is Linda Mikolayenko. Thank you for joining me. The Stolen Postole Bondachuk was up to no good. This rich farmer was always plotting ways to get the poor peasants to work on his land for next to nothing. And now, now he had his eyes set on Danello, a big, strong man. But how to enlist him? He stewed, and he schemed, and he twirled the ends of his long black moustache until, until he came up with a plan. And then he sent one of his servants to steal something from Danello. In the dark of night, the servant crept into Danello's hut. Careful not to wake the sleeping man, he tiptoed about, looking for something worth stealing. But Danello was so poor... He couldn't find anything. All night long he looked, and finally, just before dawn, he realized that Danello had no real valuables, and so he quickly grabbed a pair of postole, a pair of shoes, and ran out the door. In the morning, Danello awoke, yawned and stretched and rubbed his eyes, but when he reached for his postole, well, they were gone. He scratched his head and tried to remember where he had left them, but he was certain that he had put them beside his bed as he always had. Outside, the frost lay thick on the ground. Winter was on its way, and he wondered how he would survive without a pair of shoes. As he sat there, suddenly the door to his hut burst open, and in walked Bundachuk, the wealthy farmer who lived nearby. "'Why so glum, Danilo?' he said. "'Why shouldn't I be sad?' replied Danilo. "'Some scoundrel has stolen my postole. "'Winter is on its way, and I don't have a cent to buy a new pair.' "'Oh, that is indeed terrible,' Bondachuk pretended to feel sorry for him. "'But uh, don't worry.' I'll uh, buy you a pair of shoes, and uh, you can pay me back by working on my farm for a year. Well, Danello thought this was ludicrous. But what could he do? He had no choice. So he went to work for Bondachuk. Day in and day out he slaved, but Danello was a big man, and the landlord fed him so little that he was always hungry. Finally, one day, when he felt he just didn't have the strength to continue, he went to Bondachuk and he complained, How can I work when all day long my stomach aches and rumbles so? Again, Bondachuk pretended to feel sorry for him. I'll tell you what, my friend. I'll get my wife to give you a boiled egg every morning. And that way you'll have the strength to continue to work, and by the end of the year you'll have paid off your debt, all right? Danilo agreed and went back to work. For an entire year, Danilo worked like a dog. He plowed and he planted and he threshed just to pay for a pair of shoes. And though he was still hungry, 
That boiled egg did help to give him the strength he needed to continue working. Now, by Danilo's sweat, the farmer prospered with bountiful crops and a rich harvest. And when the year was almost up, he really wanted to keep Danilo working for him. And so one day he called him to his house. So you finally paid for the shoes, said Bondacha, stroking his long black mustache. That's right, said Danilo. And did you get a boiled egg to eat every morning, said Bondachuk, as he furrowed his bushy eyebrows. Yes, replied Danilo. Oh, Bondachuk gasped and rolled his eyes as if he was in great pain. Do you realize what you have done? What do you mean, asked Danilo. What have I done? Why, you have devoured three hundred eggs. If my wife would have put those eggs under brood hens, they would have hatched into three hundred chicks. Those three hundred chicks would have grown into three hundred hens that would have laid a thousand more eggs. Those thousand eggs would have hatched into a thousand chicks. I could have sold those thousand chicks at the market for quite a sack of money. So you see, you, Donello, you have cost me a sack of money. Why, if I take you to court, the judge will make you work for me for at least another year. Donello listened to that tirade, and when it was over, he said, Have it your way, you cheat. But I'll not work for you, not for another minute. And with that, he stamped his foot, turned around, and walked out the door. But when he had cooled down, he fell into despair. Oi, Boże, budę. what is to become of me? How could he possibly win in court against a rich man? As he wandered the roads aimlessly, he came upon an old Hutzel, a mountain dweller. What troubles you, my friend, said the old man. Now this Hutzel was not only old, he was wise, and in his pocket he carried a blue mirror, and in it he could see where the rabbits slept, and how the stars fell into the sea, and what made the sun smile. He understood the languages of trees, and why the moon spread her skirts of melancholy over the hills. Danilo told him the whole story, and he finished off by saying, So you see, Bondachuk has me for good. I worked for him for an entire year, and now he's taking me to court. A rich man's greed knows no bounds, said the Hutzel. So you mean there's no hope, replied Danilo? Might makes right, and beggars can't be choosers. The judge is a learned man, but in my mirror he would see nothing. And with that he pulled out his mirror, and he gazed up into the sky and down to the ground, and around to the forests and the mountains. And then he smiled and motioned for Danilo to come closer, and he whispered something in Danilo's ear. Danilo nodded, and smiled, and went on his way. The day of the trial arrived. Bundarchuk walked into the courtroom, strutting like a peacock, wearing a fine velvet suit. The judge and the clerk took their places, and they waited for Danilo. They waited. Minutes turned into hours. Bundarchuk began tugging at his mustache. Where is that fool? The judge looked at his watch, and the clerk tapped his fingers nervously on the desk. Finally, when they were just about to give up, the door to the courtroom burst open, and in walked Danello, heaving and panting. <sighs> Excuse me, your honor, he said, but I have been very busy. What do you mean, said the judge, what do you mean, busy? Well, I was busy boiling potatoes and planting them, boiling barley and planting it, boiling oats and planting them. Wait a minute, said the judge. You can't get a crop from 
boiled potatoes or boiled barley? Well, surely I can, replied Donello. Just as surely as Bondachuk says he could get a thousand chicks from the boiled eggs that his wife fed me. The judge looked at Bondachuk. What kind of eggs did your wife give Donello? Boiled eggs, stuttered Bondachuk. The judge looked at the clerk, and then at Donello, and then at Bondachuk, and he began to laugh. And then the clerk began to laugh, and Donello began to laugh, but Bondachuk did not laugh. He stood there looking bewildered, tugging at his mustache, and then he grabbed his coat and hat, and he walked out of the court. And as his carriage clattered away, he could still hear them laughing. But that was the last time the rich man tried to take a peasant to court. Agricultural themes are quite common in Ukrainian folktales. Many of the Ukrainians who came to Canada in the early 1900s were farmers, and they came at the invitation of the then Minister of the Interior, Clifford Sifton, who praised these stalwart peasants in sheepskin coats. However, that reference to men in sheepskin coats soon became a derogatory term, as the newcomers were looked on with suspicion by the established population and it didn't take long before the immigrants began to encounter men like the Bundachuk in the story of the stolen postale. My father came to Canada in 1930 and worked for farmers during the difficult years of drought and depression. One year my father tried to earn a little bit of extra money by catching the gophers that would cause great devastation to the crops. He was disappointed, though, that the farmer he worked for wanted to deny him even that. It was a story he often told me, so one day I decided to write it down, and it came out in the form of a poem. Here it is. Sure can do a lot of damage to the crops, those gophers, said Mr. Nicholson, sipping tea. Farmer with a reputation had 20,000 in the bank. 1934 is going to be a bad year for them, they say. Municipalities paying one cent apiece. Mike nodded. Immigrant hired seven months for one hundred dollars. Up at five, Mike fed horses, milked cows, set out poison in the fields, plowed, planted, fed pigs. Sunset late on spring days gathered up dead gophers, cut tails and hind feet for proof, put them in a box. Up at five, Mike fed horses, milked cows, set out poison in the fields, plowed, planted, fed pigs, gathered up dead gophers, cut tails and hind feet, added them to the box. No chance to cash them in. Mr. Nicholson, you going to town? How about you take my gophers? Sure, Mike. Returning in his wagon, Mr. Nicholson holds out $2.37. Mike, you got those gophers from my farm. You work for me. 
My daughter wants a coat. How about I keep one dollar? Sure, Mr. Nicholson, sure. If he had a daughter, he'd rather she wear sheepskin than rodent. Beyond the Blue Mirror is a series of programs that celebrates the rich Ukrainian oral tradition. I would like to acknowledge the support of the Canada Council for the Arts. Je remercie de son soutien le Conseil des Arts du Canada. I would also like to thank Ethnic FM CKER Radio for the Roger Charest Senior Award for Broadcast and Media Arts administered through the Ukrainian Resource and Development Center at Grant McEwen College in Edmonton. The folktale in this program is based on The Stolen Postelet and the Boiled Eggs from the book The Magic Egg and Other Tales from Ukraine, retold by Barbara J. Suen and edited by Natalie O. Kononenko. Copyright 1997 by Libraries Unlimited Incorporated. Used with the permission of Greenwood Publishing Group, Westport, Connecticut. The poem, Spring Harvest, is based on the recollections of my father, Mike Mikolayanko. My gratitude to him for allowing me to share it with you. Introductory music for this series is taken from Dance 5, from the CD Prairie Nights and Peacock Feathers, performed by Paris Tukayev, distributed by Alesha Records. This program also features excerpts from Hutzel Fantasy from the CD Ablaze, performed by Vasil Popoduk, and the original composition Krajina Kazke from the CD Reflections of Our Pioneers, performed by Duet Marena. I'm Linda Mikolayenko. You may reach me through my website, lindathestoryteller.ca. Thank you for listening. Редактор
one of my favorite girl groups from Montreal. That was Chermashena and a song called Posiella Baba Conapel, which translates as Baba, her grandmother, was planting hemp. Something that is no longer illegal to do. Coming up next, popular Ukrainian group Mandre with a song about a girl called Oresia. Не ходи, ходи орисю на гору на леску, не ходи, ходи орисю, а грай на сопілиці. Ой, гойдриці, дриці, ой, гойдриці, дриці, не ходи на лесу гору, а грай на сопілиці. Ой, гойдриці, дриці, ой, гойдриці, дриці, не ходи на лесу гору, а грай на сопілиці. Бо на горі на листі туман над ярами, бо на горі на листі чорти з відьмаками. Ой, гойдриці, дриці, ой, гой там шугає така нечість, що гріхи дивитись. Ой, гойдериці, дериці, ой, гойдериці, дериці. Там шугає така нечість, що гріхи дивитись. Чорта роги, круто роги, очі як лещата. Жінка в нього чорна жаба, бридка та бусата. Ой, гойдериці, дериці, ой, гойдериці, дериці. Отакі жінки в пенсарстві гвайні молодиці. Ой, гойдериці, дериці, ой, гойдериці, дериці. Отакі жінки в тім Гвайні молодиці, чорт зубатий та багатий, хоч кльову дівку, може їй платити златом та водить до шинок. Ой, гойдриці, дриці, ой, гойдриці, дриці, не ходи, горись на гору, а чекай на бриниця. Ой, гойдриці, дриці, ой, гойдриці, дриці, не ходи, горись на гору, а чекай на бриниця. Радію ви слухаєте радіопрограму «Наш голос» радіо нашого коріння на багатомовній радіостанції АМ-1320 CHMB у місті Ванкувері. На жаль, ми вже скінчили нашу програму, пора нам прощатися на ще один тиждень, але перед тим я хочу залишити вас такими словами мудрості. Там самим язиком можна придбати приятеля і ворога. And our proverb of the week translates as, with the same tongue, one can gain a friend or an enemy. And that brings us to the end of another edition of Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio here on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. If you missed the on-air or live stream broadcast, the podcast link is available at our website, www.nashholos.com. Well, our time is up, so to wrap things up, High Profile from Winnipeg and a polka medley. I'm Pavlina on behalf of all of us here at Nash Holos and AM1320. Thanks for listening and Dobranich! <laughs>
Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.